face you could look it in the eye if it had a body you could shoot it now man is no longer the supreme being on this planet the organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? I want that organism alive. I think you pissed it off. Hello and welcome to Here's at Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that'll slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a thing, and since it's March I'm doing B-Movie March, uh, which is my look at Army of Darkness aka Evil Dead 3, Other Stuff, a Chud 2, Bud the Chud, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, and today's movie... By public demand, more on how you can vote for movies later. The Blob, 1988. The remake to the Steve McQueen 50s sci-fi cult classic. Coming out 30 years after that, with a healthy budget and 80s practical effects, you would think this movie would be said in the same breath as other 80s remakes such as The Fly, Chick Marquise, or The Thing, again Chick Marquise, but nope, this is all but forgotten. That is why I'm here to find out why. Does that make sense? I don't think that made sense. <laughs> anyway, I mean, how could this not be a hit? You have a hot young cast uh, based on a classic movie. It is effect, a director hot off the heels of the best in the franchise of Nightmare on Elm Street. That is Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Again, check my archives. But nope, uh, this thing failed and tanked miserably. Much like the original, actually. <laughs> Let's just dive into this to see if you should run screaming from The Blob, 1988. With its $19 million budget, none of which went to the effects, this thing pulled in a woefully pathetic 8.2. Starring Kevin Dillon, Shawnee Smith, Jeffrey Damon, Donovan Lech Jr., Art Lafleur, and Bill Mosley. Read by Chuck Russell. Other plot. Teenagers of a small town, Middle America, try to stop a blob-like creature from eating everything and everyone in town. However, is this more Earth-like than E.T.? Or should it be terrestrial than E.T.? Hmm. Uh, what has U.S. government done? Uh, why is it this small town they've picked? And can indeed the blob be stopped? Find out here. So the movie opens up on shots in space. After showing boring blue-purple titles, it's onto a deserted small town in mid-America. I'm guessing this is the same small town as in Critters 2. Again, check my archives. Because this looks identical, I mean, the opening town shot looks identical to the one that's in Critters 2. After three minutes of um, completely silent and empty shots of the town in an autumn day we finally hear something and it's what else an american football game because of course it would be it's mid bloody america here we meet our hero cheerleader meg penny played by shawnee smith of the saw movies 
Uh, she cheers on her wannabe boyfriend and indeed the team. Said boyfriend being Paul Taylor, played by Donovan Sleeth Jr. of Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. I love that title. Uh, Cutting Class and a boatload of other 80s and 90s teen sex comedies. After being steamrolled by the other teen, uh, in a haze, he asks her out and then he just faints. Cut to the town bad boy Brian Flagg, played by Kevin Dillon of Platoon, The Doors, Poseidon and Entourage. You know, he's a bad boy because he wears a leather jacket or rides a motorbike and day drinks beer because... Mm, why not? And ew, no, isn't he such a bad boy? Leather and smoking. Tisk tisk. This isn't the fucking 50s, mate. This is the fucking 80s. Everybody was wearing leather jackets and bloody smoking fucking cigarettes. And note, the motorbike used in this is a 500cc T100R Triumph Tiger. The same used by Steve McQueen in The Great Escape. Speaking of which... Chad McQueen, Steve's son, was offered to play this role but turned it down due to him not wanting to behave any association with Steve McQueen, which is fucking stupid. Anyway, now finish his day drinking beer. Uh, hey, that's a thing, isn't it? Day drinking beer? Eh, why not? He decides to try to jump a broken wooden bridge. And I wonder if this will come back later on. Hmm. Uh, note, the motorbike news here is a 200cc T20 Triumph Tiger Cub. Here's a mouthful. He fails and wipes out wrecking the bike uh, to the enjoyment of a local bum played by Billy Beck. Cut to the local diner and an introduction to the town sheriff Herb Geller played by Jeffrey DeMunn of Christmas Evil, check my archives. Uh, the Hitcher, Phenomenon, Turbulence, The Exiles Movie, again check my archives. The Green Mile, The Mist, again check my archives. It's getting bad. The Walking Dead and Billions as he tries and fails to pick up the diner owner, Fran Hewitt, played by Candy Clark of American Graffiti, the man who fell to earth, cue the winged serpent, Amitable 3D, Cat's Eye, coming soon, Buffy the Vampire Slaver, Slaver, Slayer, the movie, Cherry Falls, Twin Peaks, and indeed Criminal Minds. The diner fills with happy, hungry fans as the game is now over. Meanwhile, on the back of a pickup truck, we see a flag has hitched a ride into town. And wait, did he just dump that bloody bike in the middle of the fucking woods and just leave it there? Okay then. He crashed it, but it's still a perfectly fine fucking bike. He could have walked it into town, a fucking idiot. Like I says, town bad boy, not very smart. The sheriff has an eye on him, however, so he has to hide. Like I said, he's a little jacket and smokes, therefore he's a bad seed. Don't you just love the bloody 80s? I mean, he smokes if he's a bad boy. Ooh. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Maybe I should come down in the coffee, John. Jesus, jinkies. He heads to his job in a local garage owned by Moss Woodley, played by Boo Billingsley, of a fuck ton of anime, including Akura, Gundam, Cowboy Bebop, and not to mention a boatload of video games, such as Dynasty Warrior games, Final Fantasy VII, GTA V, and Red Dead Redemption 2 where he asks if he can borrow tools to head off for the rest of the day to fix his bike. But Moss says no, as he'll snowed under, or pardon the pun, with working on snowmobiles and snowcats, as the winter season is only six short weeks off. However, Flag points out it hasn't snowed in several years, and the town is going under because of this, because apparently this is a ski town. 
He takes a socket set anyway and goes back to his bike. Cut to the bum from earlier, crushing cans under his feet. He's got a frying pan on tied to his feet. Was this a thing in the 80s? Did they actually give you money for cans? I mean, you all see these in the 80s and 70s movies where these bums have fucking shopping carts full of cans. What the f- what was it, a penny a can or something? <laughs> Anyway, moving on. He sees a meteor crash landing, and he's effect like shit. And you can see the wire and the composite effect as the meteor hits the earth. It's fucking shocking. Anyway, he checks out, sees ooze, and is the first to be attacked by the blob. And note this pink purple ooze is actually Burger King milkshake mix. Mmm, delicious. Meanwhile, at a local pharmacist, uh, do we see our local um, stud, Scott Jeske, uh, played by Ricky Paul Golden of Piranha 2, coming soon, Guiding Light, All My Children, and Jessica Jones. Buying condoms and breath thickener from the local pharmacist, Mr. Penny, played by Art Lafleur of Transfer Movies, City Heat, Cobra, Air America, The Sandlot, The Santa Claus Movies, and The Speed Racer Movie. He gives him the side eye as a town priest, Reverend Meeker, played by Del Close of Beware the Blob, 1972, I think it was. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's a fucking terrible movie. The Untouchables, Next of Kin, and A League of Their Own, as he creepily hits on this bloody teenager. Mm, I'm getting pedo verb a vibe of this guy. Scott then claims he's buying condoms for his best friend, Paul. He then slinks off out not before telling the pharmacist he's on to a sure thing that night. And why is he getting judged in a scene? I mean, why is he getting side-eye? Okay, he's being a dickhead here, but at least he's bloody buying condoms. Wasn't that the whole thing in the 80s where you had to actually buy condoms in order to get rid of the, the AIDS crisis and blah, 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 blah? I mean, what is it with the 80s movies and bloody judging people for having safe fucking sex? I mean, it's not like he's a bloody 13-year-old. He's, what, supposed to be 17, 18, or even 19? Back to the bum, who has the blob attached to his arm as it's breaking his arm. So he runs out into the woods. Cut to Kevin Penny, played by Michael Kenworth. He is the little brother of Meg. And he's a fucking little shit. As he tries to talk his mother, played by Sharon Spillman, into letting him see an R-rated movie. But not to worry, it's only Gorefield and there's no tits in it. Okay then. No, you're about 12 and this is a, what, 17, 18 rated movie? I think not, you little fucking shit. This is why there's a bloody rating system for a fucking reason. Yeah, who the fuck am I trying to kid? The rating system is a complete joke. It's all about entertaining 9 to 13 year olds nowadays. Hence why every fucking thing is now PG cunting 13. Fuck you and PG 13. Get the fucking PG 13 out of the horror stings altogether. Make them bloody 15s or fucking 18s. Anyway, rant over. Paul picks up Meg for their date, but wouldn't you know it, his father's the pharmacist from earlier. Awkward. So, off go Kevin and his friend Eddie, played by Douglas Emerson, uh, to see the slasher flick. And did kids ever respect their parents? I mean, back in the woods, Flag is still tinkering with his bike hours later. Does he know what the fuck he's doing with this bloody bike? I mean... He chases after the bum with the blob still attached to his hand after the bum tries to hack off his fingers, or rather his hand, um, with a axe, because all bums have axes apparently. 
The bum runs out into road where he is run over by Paul and Meg, who takes him to a hospital. Too bad the blob has eaten the bum from the inside out and is now on the loose. Paul is the second victim after he calls the sheriff for help. He's eaten alive by the blob and poster shot as Meg finds him struggling to breathe. The blob is dissolving him from the inside as it has wrapped it around his head and is suffocating him also. She faints as Paul's arm falls off in her hand and he's quickly dissolved into nothing. Hours later, her parents pick her up, not believing her story. Eh, uh, two things here. Why didn't she get eaten by the blob? And two, how the fuck can you not believe her? There's a dissolved body and half a fucking arm just lying there. How the fuck can you not believe? The sheriff and his deputy, I think it's Flag, and they have on the back of a police car. Wait, what? So they blame a... <coughs> Teenager for dissolving two people with nothing on him and ignore an, eye an eyewitness because she's quote hysterical and just a girl. What the fuck, 80s? What the fuck? Cut to Lover's Lane and Scott with his <clears throat> sure thing. Vicky, played by former Playboy cover model Erica Alenica. Alenico? That was her fucking name. Of Baywatch Under Siege. Bordeaux of Blood, Dracula 3000, and Bane the Bounty Hunter. She doesn't want to have sex, so Scott mixes her a cocktail to <clears throat> get her in the mood, and tries to rape her unconscious body. Too bad she is dead and eaten by the blob, so he gets his comeuppance, which quick smart. And oh yeah, I should say, this guy has a bar in the back of his car, along with other goodies, including dozens of class rings. How the fuck do you get your hands on these class rings? He must have been about 12 or 15 or... I don't know how many he's in it. He's got a cigar box full of the fucking things because apparently, wearing the ring makes him, makes the girl his girl. Uh, what the fuck? And also, wouldn't this booze spill absolutely everywhere? These are open bottles. And also, wouldn't it Taste of petrol, utterly disgustingness. Anyway, moving on. Like I said, for being a complete sleaze and a wannabe rapist, he has his comeuppance as Vicky's face caves in and a blob pours out to eat him whole. As back at our home, Meg is playing with a snow globe. I wonder if this is a subtle hint of the ending. Hmm. As downstairs, her parents are blaming Paul and Flag for what happened to her. How? She fainted and somehow wasn't eaten. You know, it's as if the blob knew she was the hero here. Anyway, she faints right after seeing her wannabe boyfriend dissolved by an alien blob. Also, how the fuck was Flag involved? He left the hospital hours earlier. Goddamn 80s bad boy logic. I mean, what the f- The mother heads upstairs to give Meg a volume. What is it with the 80s and giving their bloody- children volume or people volume I mean but she rejects it she then takes it and asks her mother if she believes her which her mother says no after the mum is gone she spits out the volume and then runs off by the way what the fuck is it with parents not believing their children when they tell them something that they saw what's that your doll tries to kill you oh, no don't be silly here take this pill and sleep with it What's that? There's a creepy old burned man in a Christmas sweater with nicer fingers stalking you in your sleep. Eh, have some water and milk, it'll be fine. No, just get you some sleep. And what's that you see? You've seen an undead globally with an axe 
a machete even. No dear, you just look away and it's all in your head. Oh here, Barry, take this pill, it'll help you sleep. <sighs> the fuck America, stop drugging your fucking children. In fact, stop drugging your people full stop. Anyway, she sneaks out, as I said, as a blob goes into the sewers. Back at the police station, Flag is cuffed to a chair while the sheriff and his deputy, Briggs, are played by Paul McCrane of Robocop and Yarfing. They don't believe his story, so they have to let him go because they, oh, I don't know, have fuck all on him. Okay, he's a smart arse punk, leather jacket wearing chain smoker, mullet wearing douchebag, but that's not against the law, is it? Is it? Meg pulls up in her VW Beetle uh, just as Flag is let go. She tells him she was going to bail him out using her daddy's credit card. How very 80s is that? With that, he walks to the diner where Fran makes him a sandwich even though she's closed. Get in. Meg then walks in to beg Flag for help, telling him the thing on the bomb's arm killed the bomb and then it Paul. And now it's free to kill again and again. He doesn't believe her calling her a strung out junkie. This pisses her off, she tries to storm out, but oh dear oh dear, the doors are locked because guess what, the fucking diner is shut. Back at the station, the sheriff calls off the hunt for the blob. Even though they don't believe in the blobs. As he tells his receptionist, uh, he's worried about Fran. And I love how the clock in the station says it's quarter to ten. So you're supposed to believe all this thing happened before 10 o'clock. Also, didn't Fran say she'd be finished by 11? Therefore, it should be 11, not quarter to, or whatever. Meanwhile, back at the diner, Fran notices the sink is plugged up, so she gets her kitchen porter to clean it, first using a plunger, and then his hand. Big mistake. Because the blob is down there, and it pulls him in the drain somehow. And how the fuck did it get a fully grown man down the fucking drain? Because the, uh, the hole and, oh, whatever, moving the fuck right on. Just like in Nickel Street 1, the sink vomits out the blob, which sticks to the ceiling and runs, well, crawls after Megan Flag, who ran into the freezer to hide. It's a great bloody idea, hiding a fucking dusty freezer. The blob tries to break in, but can't due to the cold. Fran breaks the window and runs outside to call the police. However, soon the blob covers a phone booth inside and... It is here she sees the sheriff's half-eaten body. She's then crushed to death as a phone booth is completely enveloped by the blob. And by the way, the telephone box is about 10 feet from the fucking diner. Wouldn't you, I don't know, rent another fucking phone booth? Meg and Flag then leave the freezer and make a run for it. The town reverend sees a blob exiting the diner. So what else does it do? Why, of course, pretty God. It ignores him and just slinks down the sewer. What the hell is it with this blob and selecting people who to eat and who not to eat? I mean, as if the fucking blob knows these are important characters. He checks out the wrecked diner, finding the frozen blob pieces in a freezer. He picks them up and then just leaves in with a mason jar full of... Um, what the hell are Amethyst crystals? I mean, for fuck's sake, which are supposed to be frozen blob pieces. Flag then rings to the station to ask where the sheriff is, but the telephonist doesn't know, saying she can't get a hold of anyone, but to check out the foothills as that's where the deputy last was seen. Off Flag and Meg go in her VW to the foothills, uh, the same place where they found the bum. However, the army has closed off the roads out of town and nobody's going anywhere. 
Meg starts to hunt down the deputy after she finds the cop's car near the woods completely abandoned. Suddenly, they're surrounded in a flashing lights in the sky, but it's not a UFO, it's worse than that, it's the US military. Hiding behind <coughs> science, as Meg and Flag are quickly arrested. And here we meet Dr. Meadows, played by Joe He explains they're here to help. Dippy comes out of the shadows to tell Flag to behave as the town is in some deep shit. He also tells Dr. Meadows he'll have the full cooperation of the police force, all one of them. Uh, out of nowhere comes a general to take away Flag and Meg. Here, Dr. Meadows tells Meg about the meteorite. Uh, at this meteorite carried something that could be could have killed off the dinosaurs millions of years ago, and he's been preparing this for his entire life. Okay then, step away from the mad doctor then. Cut to a local cinema, as Kevin and Eddie are watching some crappy ass R-rated slasher, and this is the nod to original Blob, I'm guessing. I've not just seen the original Blob. Is it any good? The perfectionist is next, as a Blob blocks his air conditioning unit, so he checks out only to be sucked in and stuck to the ceiling well been eaten by the blob. And note, this perf- um, projectionist is played by Frank Coulson of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Chip Marquise, Dollman, Lawnmower Man, Oh Brother Brother 3, The Village, The Happening and Hitchcock. The cinema owner checks out uh, the projectionist booth only to be eaten by the blob next. Dr. Middle then takes Meg and Flag into town as patients, not prisoners. Flag then points out to Meg that they can't trust these guys as they have no idea who the hell they are. So he uses his handy dandy tools to break out of the van. How the fuck does that one work? He jumps out of the back of the moving van, leaving Meg all alone as he runs back into the woods. Back in town, the men in white hazmat suits have rounded up everyone, all of their own out their to be kept in the city town hall. Meg finds her parents in seconds, handy that. Then she finds out her little brother isn't there, so they head off to Simmer to get him. Wait a minute here, they, they completely took over this town, yet they haven't checked what all the fucking local cinema. And the blob finally attacks dozens of people in the cinema. Most get out, but some are eaten in the most disgusting ways possible, such as a girl with half her face eaten off, all shown in glorious 80s practical effects. Meg gets Kevin and Eddie out, just as the blob hunts him down. Too bad Kevin's jacket is stuck in a fire doors and a zipper won't budge. With mere seconds to spare, Meg gets him out of the jacket as they run down the sewers. Meg barely gets away with some singed tips from the acid-tipped quote, fingers of the blob, which is grabbed after her. Meanwhile, back in the woods, Flag gets his repaired motorbike, uh, hides from the men in hazmat suits, as here he finds out the blob isn't an alien, but man-made, and this is an experiment run by the men in white, as they dig out the meteorite, which is actually shown to be an American satellite, and spot Bill Mosley as one of the men in white, and in an early role. He tells Dr. Meadows, uh, within a week, the blob will have taken over the entirety of America, but of course the mad doctor thinks he knows better. Seems uh, the mad doctor is doing this with the help of the US to fight against the Russians, as he thinks this is the ultimate bioweapon. 
flag overhears on a radio, Meg is stuck in the sewers with a blob after her. Also, the doctor thinks the town is now expendable. On hearing this, flag runs back to town. He jumps on his bike and jumps the bridge from earlier with the men in white giving chase. He of course makes it, but they don't. He heads into the sewer drain pipe to find Meg. Meanwhile, back in town, the mad doctor and a colonel decide to hunt in the sewers for the blob. In the sewers, Meg is stopped by the blob, which kills one of the kids in a gloriously 80s practical effects in disgusting details. I mean, this little kid is dragged under the water, has the blob wrapped around his head, and it dissolves him from inside as he bursts out of the water. He looks like bloody Jason Voorhees from one of the many times Jason has lost his masks. As, well, one of the kid version. Moving on. Meg and Kevin barely get away, as the men in white find it and open fire. This gives Meg the chance to finally escape with the help of Flag, who handily finds her in the sewers with ease, because of course they can find her in the fucking sewers. With ease. However, the idiot, still on his bike, drives them up to a dead end and narrowly escapes a blob's arrows, crashing his bike yet again, totally wiping out yet again. A man in white handily comes out of nowhere to show them the way out, but the mad doctor orders the manhole to be sealed and have a van parked on top of it. Now, trapped with no way out, Flag uses a bazooka to blow up the manhole cover. Thus, a blowing of the van sky high. Because, you know, every hazmat suit has a fucking bazooka attached to it. What don't you know what that mean? Hmm, standard fucking scientific equipment there. Also, wouldn't the backdraft have killed all the three in the sewers? I mean, science. Now, three f uh, Flag and Meg get out. Flag picks up a machine gun and holds the mad doctor at gunpoint, shouting, it's all a lie. He's the one that's doing all the blob is man-made, blah, 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 blah. The town deputy tries to defuse the situation, but he's useless and is shot for his fucking problems. As Flag shouts at everything he knows, the blob sneaks up the manhole. Oh, that sounds really painful. I mean, how the hell do you have a blob up your manhole? Ooh. He grabs him at the doctor and pulls him down to his death. The general orders his men to shoot the manhole and indeed the blob. It has no effect and even an explosive charge has no effect. The blob... Uh, now the size of a street raises up and kills a general who has six grenades strapped to his hazmat suit. Sure, why not? As he blows it sky high but has no effect yet again. This has pissed off the huge mass blob and is killing everything in sight. It's down to Meg and Flag to save the day. Even the Reverend is taken out by a backfiring flamethrower by one of the men in white because of course men we have fucking flamethrowers in their hazmat suits. Why the fuck wouldn't he? Like a bloody freeze race, we're crying out loud. As he's trying to fly, fry even the blob with it, and it just blocks it and blows it to fuck. With the townsfolk all hiding in the city hall, Meg figures out the blob can't stand cold after using a fence down to put out the reverence. Now, trapped inside City Hall, it's down to Flag to save the day by ramming the blob with a fake snowmaker, freezing it solid. Not before the town deputy gets killed in the most painful way possible, being folded like an accordion backwards. And okay, I'm getting a lot of Ghostbusters too, coming soon, from this, as the blob has the City Hall completely coated. Luckily, Flag sprays it with some fake snow and then rams it, but the idiot crashes the bloody truck. What is it with this guy and fucking vehicles? I mean, everything you've driven, you've fucking crashed, you moron. 
So, Meg runs out of City Hall, says Flag, as he's trapped in a truck with a blob coating it. She then blows up the fake snow tank with handy C4 she found. This then freezes the blob solid and notes these frozen solid blobs are, as I said, amethyst crystals and rock salt. The town is then coated in fake snow, make it save the day, and she has a new bad boy boyfriend. The town folk stick the blob crystals into an ice box and cut to next summer as in a tent a scarred former reverend holds church in a tent, worshipping the blob pieces he picked up from the freezer, hinting at a sequel that never happened as a credits roll. So that was The Blob, a 1988 a delightful slice of 80s B-movie goodness, with great 80s practical effects, terrible acting, hey, it's a B-movie, and just overall 80s OTT-ness at its best. Stick this on and have a blast, a 7 out of 10. Even though some of the effects are a bit hokey, but yeah, it's a B-movie, it's supposed to have hokey effects. Still, come back next week as I look at the Alien franchise, starting with 1979's classic Alien. Uh, May is Star Wars prequels, June is Batman, and July is Piranha. So don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod to vote on movies which I will cover, or indeed to email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out other horror franchise podcasts of House, Hellraiser, Resident Evil, Psycho, Omen, and more. Also my solo podcast of Dracula, Child's Play, The Fog, They Live, The Stuff, and many, many more. A bye. And remember, I watch these movies so you don't have to. However, run, don't walk to your nearest renting app and rent a slice of 80s B-movie goodness. It'll be a blast.